It's a little exciting when the children are fighting, but they've got to abide by the playground rules. We're so heavy. I thought you were going to come in with the harmonies on that one. We're um, so heavy! <laughs> have you ever heard that song before? <laughs> uh, I don't know. She's So Heavy by the Beatles? Oh, yes, yes, I have. I shouldn't... I, I, do, I honestly couldn't tell that's what you were saying. I know, and I probably shouldn't have said it, because now we have to pay for that. <laughs> no, no, you can say it, I think. Well, yeah. yeah. I guess I'll just start the report podcast. Now, welcome to the Playground uh rules playground that is some people call it the playground rules a basketball podcast uh that is sometimes, sometimes. barely about basketball <laughs> my name i do have some stuff i want to talk to basketball related today so very exciting stuff uh very cool yeah um my name is herb hey herb and the person you are hearing respond to me is Arik, the uh katherine hepburn to my spencer tracy huh in what movie uh, Frantically Googles. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Guess who's coming to dinner? I don't know. Uh, I just know they had like a they they were famous for making a bunch of like movies where they had like a witty rapport, right? They uh y- uh yeah. I mean, you know, man, I should have I should have known. They also had a, I should have known that reference a... was going to blow up in my face with you they also had a, like a 26 year affair maybe i don't know well i, uh, I yeah. certainly wasn't referencing that they co-starred in nine films together so you did have a pretty good shot of like uh guessing i was gonna but make up a title cool. but they were in guess who's coming to dinner together together right uh they were in guess who's coming to dinner together, yeah. great mm-hmm. so i went i mean i would think of that movie as a little more relevant to Sidney poitier but you know whatever you do you <laughs> Well, that's that's why I didn't like say it without hesitation because I'm like it's probably a little bit of a reach. <laughs> Woman of the Year, maybe. Do you remember they remade Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Did they really? Yeah, but but they like inverted the race. It was like a oh, black family. Oh, was this that... the one with Bernie Mac and Ashton Kutcher? Yeah, it's called Guess Who. Yeah, that Guess Who. I did not see that. I thought it was more culturally relevant than Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Is that? I'm really? just kidding. I never I never saw it. Okay. Yeah. I don't understand. Wait, hold on. So what is Guess Who about? I believe it's the same story as Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Oh, with Zoe Saldana. I like her. She's great. She is great. I don't know why I said it that way. She's Yeah, we, we both agree she's great. Yeah. Speaking of her, uh, did you hear about uh, uh, James Gunn and Guardians of the yeah, Galaxy 3? That's cool. because no other director would take it. I mean, I, I also, I feel like... Um, at least one of them must have been like, I'm not going to be in this movie. If you, I think if you most of them back, were, yeah. were kind of like that, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, you know. For, for um, our listeners who don't know, uh, James Gunn uh, was the guy who directed the first two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And uh, he's uh, very uh, kind of politically outspoken online. And uh, all these people who disagree with him kind of unearthed these uh, tweets that he'd made early in his career, which are, are very dark humor, inappropriate jokes, uh, kind of like that, like, uh, so, so wrong, it's meant to be funny kind of stuff. Um, and He was uh, coming out of the trauma. Yeah, it totally, uh, totally what you would expect from from 
where he was in his career and the type of films he was doing and the kind of, yeah, the world that he was in. But stuff that's not very Disney. So Disney kind of caved to all this pressure as a result of that and fired him and almost immediately had egg on their face because people sort of realized that they'd been manipulated by this this small group of people that were completely motivated by his current politics, not his old tweets. And, uh, God, it's like six, seven months later, they've completely backpedaled on it. Yeah, I mean, the only... I think that, you know, it's good to have multiple uh, uh, competing concepts in your head at the same time. On the one hand, I think that uh, his situation reveals a real truth about um, sort of the danger of of just allowing people to pull up these old tweets and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone subject to the scrutiny and all these kind of things. Um, and so I do think that, you know, he said this stuff a long, long time ago in an attempt to be provocative. And then he uh, has pretty consistently been like, yeah, uh, I do, that's all awful and I'm awful and I don't agree with any of this. And that, you know, I've regretted it forever and I understand and all these things. So he, he did handle it uh, well, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh, the only thing I would say, so, I, so I'm glad that they brought him back. I think that's the right thing to do. Um, I'm, I'm good with all that. I just want to mention that very few people get that second chance. Um, and so I do think like, you know, it's interesting to me that like Kevin Hart, for example, not uh, ultimately hosted the actors, right? Yeah. But I mean, that, um, that was like a little side gig for Kevin Hart. I mean, he still makes huge movies and he's still, yeah, no, no, I understand that. I'm just saying that like, I'm just saying that like, it's interesting. And, and also uh, Kevin Love that people quit the Oscars. He wasn't fired. He quit because he... Kevin res- Love? Did I say Kevin Love? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, amazing. Kevin Hart. What do you mean he didn't quit? He was fired. No, he quit. No, he was fired. Mm, I thought he quit. He was for sure fired. All right. Well, anyway, that was like a small game. Oh, wait, no. Did he? Did he quit? Oh, thank you. No, no. And now I'm like... Hmm. Well, anyway. I thought he quit. I thought he was like, like I'm, I'm... This is like something i don't want to deal with and it's not worth my time that might be true my point is just that i don't think that we don't we don't uh it people make mistakes and everyone my only point is that people make mistakes and everyone should get the chance to uh own up their mistakes and uh you know these kinds of mistakes like mistakes that do not you know yeah. do not involve i'm not talking about violent crime and things like that yeah. you know I'm there's saying, there's like, obviously a line they're obviously aligned, but the, but if for this kind of mistake, mistakes where you maybe said or said some inappropriate things, and you've grown as a person, and you can show that you grew as a person, we should allow people to move on, especially now because of the way that um, these sorts of things are being weaponized. And I just hope that everyone gets that same treatment, not just James Gunn. As much as I agree that James Gunn deserves it, cool. Yeah. Well, you always with like the caveats, man. Well, it's kind of the modern world, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um speaking by of, the way do you know he was married to jenna fisher i do know that she was in uh some of she his early the, films the office yeah yeah well yeah obviously jenna fisher from the <laughs> office <laughs> arguably more famous than her ex-husband oh uh, yeah i would i definitely yeah yeah I, what am i saying yeah i don't think that's arguable uh yeah office good show people still like it um, it's super popular yeah yeah it's amazing, like, how popular that show is. Like, arguably more popular now than it ever was while it was on the air. Uh, what I find fascinating is that Friends is back. 
Yeah, the Friends. See, I like The Office. Yeah. I'm definitely one of those people who every couple years will watch at least some of it because I don't. Sure. I don't think it was all like at the highest quality, but I, you know, when it was firing on all cylinders, I thought it was like a, a really funny show, and I, I sort of get it. There's something comforting about it. Those characters spending, you know, 20 minutes at a time with them. I, I totally see it. I get it. The Friends thing to me is just like I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't get what teens see in it at all. Yeah, because uh, they probably grew worse. up with The Office, but young people today didn't grow up with Friends because no. we were pretty young when it was first on the air. For sure, the, the Friends. When when did I mean Friends was from ninety four to two thousand four. So I mean, you know, if you were born, if you're like sixteen now, you did not grow up with Friends. No, and I just don't get it, like at all. But maybe it's just you know, kind of like a long, like a little bit like well, we're going to talk about Captain Marvel, right? Yes, we are. We're and going. To one get of the there. things I really liked about Captain Marvel was that kind of nineties feel, the nostalgia. The nostalgia in a way, but also just the simpleness of it. Hmm. I mean, like, I don't think things necessarily were simpler in the 90s, but it kind of feels like they were. I, I, feel I don't like, know if you feel that way. I feel like the difference over the last 20 years, obviously the 90s is, is when the internet happened. Yeah, well, the very late 90s, yeah. Sure. But I, when, when, we, when we look at the 90s... I would really say the early 2000s are the, the internet. You are so pedantic. <laughs> No, I mean this. I think this is relevant because I'm saying like, you and I were using the internet in the '90s, but I feel like it, the very like '98, '99. That's when this stuff. I mean, you know, and like the internet we okay, think of today. Okay, okay. Thank Facebook, you, thank YouTube, you for clarifying. Google, it's my, like mid two thousands. I guess a better way to put it is that the '90s <laughs> is sort of the last like, Jesus, the last <laughs> decade where culture wasn't really shaped by the internet, and that's obviously. Uh, yeah. In the degree to which has increased in, in the years since people started using it. Do, do you want to be specific to the month arc since this is so important? No, just, just fun fact. Fun fact, my friend. <laughs> when was YouTube started? Uh, 2004? 2005. Cool. That is fun. Like, um, you know what I'm saying? When was Facebook started? 2006. 2004. Darn it. Like... You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be pedantic. I'm saying, like, really, we think of this stuff as being around for a lot longer than it was. Google was started in 1998, and you didn't know about it in 1998, and neither did I. Yeah, but okay. So, so the, these things are true, but also Facebook yeah. and YouTube and Google had predecessors. Like, the, uh, you're not wrong about. I mean, yes, there was like Live Journal. Uh, I'm not. Listen, I'm not trying to get to into you with a uh, like. Even LiveJournal started in 99. Like, I'm just saying, like, the, the World Wide Web was invented in, like, 94. You know what I By mean? By Al Gore, I remember. By Al Gore. <laughs> Very well done. <laughs> I'm just saying, I think the 90s... What was your point, anyway? What were you going to say? Oh, is that interesting to you, or would you like to argue about this for another 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The fans, the fans of Herb and Rx seem like they are mad at each other, are going to be loving this part of the show. Oh, it's it's no scene. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, buddy. Um, I love you, too. My point, you yeah. said, yeah, it's not that the 90s were simpler. Well, I don't know. And I was merely trying to make the point that the 90s is life where culture is not totally shaped by the internet. Yeah. Um, I think because and, – and you could argue, you know, there's obviously uh, good and bad on both sides of this, but there was uh, – You're saying there, there's good and bad on both uh, – good and bad oh people my gosh, on both sides. Right. <laughs> Please. 
<laughs> sorry. That was that was unnecessary. I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you saw an opening and you took the shot. I respect I that. I did. This is a basketball yeah. podcast after all. Um, <laughs> Do you miss 100% of the shots you don't take? No. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Um, yeah. There you go. Bring it all the way around. Full circle. Um. Uh. Yeah, so like... Uh, there was a little bit more of a cultural consensus in the 90s. Like, mm. when a big movie came out in the 90s, like Independence Day, mm. like, 80% of your friends saw it because there weren't, like, a lot of opportunities, you know? Yeah, for sure. I was weird for not seeing it. Now when there's, like, huge, like, movie releases, like, when, like, you know, like, when Bird Box came out on Netflix, it was, like, it. all anything talked about on Netflix, but I feel like if I went around and asked like ten of my friends, like maybe three of them will have watched it. It's weird, like, uh, yeah. that just kind of the way that culture is consumed and uh, yeah, there's uh, all these niches today. We're not all in one culture anymore. Yeah, and that's yeah. good because diversity is good. But that's good, yeah. You also feel like a little des- disconnected from any sort of like core, which is weird. Um, but I also think that there was. I mean, I I, I think you're right. Uh, I completely think you're right. I, I do think there's another piece to it, though, of like, like especially with friends. It's like pre-cell phone. I mean, not literally, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like early cell phone. Oh, I'm so glad. You're so lucky that you said not literally because I was about to jump all over you. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-social media, largely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, there just wasn't, I just feel like people still, like, it's kind of like the, to tie into basketball, it's like what Kyrie was saying about the Celtics, right? Like, the, the teammates used to, kind of be forced to know each other because yeah. they were bored now they sit and, there with their headphones and yeah. yeah yeah they don't have to know each other anymore and i think that well this uh, might there are... surprise you are but headphones were actually invented in the 1960s so that does not surprise me the there were you know there were um benefits and and also uh, of course there's benefits to the way things are now yeah but I think that um, like no one maybe trusts for... anyone, and we uh, elect maniacs into power all over the world. It's great, right? But if you're a teenager whose whose whole thing is like wrapped up in in Instagram and Snapchat and whatever, whatever, I don't know. I'm just saying, like maybe <laughs> part of it is just like, oh man, this looks way less stressful. That makes sense. That's interesting. Um, oh. Yeah, it. I mean. Do we know that it's a lot of teens watching it? Because there's like, yeah. you know, it is. Yeah. That is really interesting. It's um, super weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of an example. Like, in our generation, was there, like, a show from... Uh, from the past? Yeah, like, from the I mean, it was a lot harder to watch that, that stuff, was right? Well, that's not true. Like, in syndication. What? what? Syndication. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, But I'm saying it would have had to be uh, syndicated... On one of the, there were there was less of that, right? Like yeah, any see, kid now can get yeah. anything because the, that's available. And back then it was like you know there are end channels and they're gonna buy end shows and you know yeah. that kind of thing. So I'm just saying it was e- it was easier. It was possible then too. I mean, we, I saw all kinds of older stuff, but it was it was uh, it's easier now. Hmm, I think. Uh, although we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, I think it's actually even gonna get easier with friends, partic- in particular, but. Um, but we'll see what 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 happens. But like, I think that yeah, I can't think of a show, Dukes of Hazard maybe. Yeah, and that even that, I think it's just like like the last, uh, sort of the last gasp of relevancy that show had through, you know, just the better, kind of like kind of bled into our generation, and that's why people liked it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I can't. Can you think of a show? 
not not something that could like I know for me personally there were examples like I got really into like British comedy on PBS and bought like you know every black <laughs> adder episode on VHS. I also did as well but we got into different stuff I mean for me are you being served was super relevant sure yeah but that's again yeah. that's we're, we were just like two weird kids that's not reflective of <laughs> who didn't have uh, friends who didn't have cable <laughs> Ironically, didn't we have, didn't have friends. We didn't have friends or cable. My parents really loved I Mash, so I saw. Oh, okay. Well, fancy. Okay, rich kid. Uh, <laughs> Shut. <laughs> we, had, we had my my parents. My mom loved Mash, so I saw. Uh huh. Saw quite a bit of Mash in in reruns. There were definitely uh, shows that I watched with my mother, like Three's Cheers, Roseanne. The thing is, you know, my parents came here. Roseanne's not from the seventies. Well, the point I was about. Did I say seventies? Uh, yeah. There were older shows I watched with my uh, with my parents, particularly my mother. Uh, okay, but they also came here in like the eighties, so they didn't really have any relationship to stuff from before that. So a lot of the stuff. Yeah, that, did you grow up watching any of the other stuff from their past? I mean, there was no way to watch that. You know, that's that's one of the beautiful things about like the internet now because they can watch like old like Dutch comedy stuff on YouTube. You know, stuff that was like basically really really hard to get like the the um the exception would be like they could listen to like comedy stuff on cd which wasn't region coded so they could get it um hmm. they could get i did watch stuff. a lot of like rockford files and starsky and hutch and stuff like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's that yeah i see what you're saying though yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure it's the i think it's i think it really is yeah some of those issues that we're talking about i think there's just so much more accessible now it's uh, it's something, but man, I it is really don't like that show. <laughs> Friends, no, yeah, my my wife just watched it all for the first time like a year ago, maybe. Uh huh. And uh, and I would just pop in and out, and just I was just there were little things I liked because I'd never watched it. I was not a fan when it was on, really. Uh-huh. Um, I had a roommate. There was a period where it was like every channel seemed to play Friends reruns for like some part of the two thousands, and uh, I had a roommate who was obsessed, and we had like he had like a. Um, like a TiVo and he would just record every episode of friends and it was just on all the time in that apartment. And so I've seen, I think basically all of it, but mm-hmm. not in order. <laughs> um, and there are things I like about it uh, or like funny moments that I remember. There's a couple episodes I would probably want to rewatch maybe, but I just never got really into it in any real way. And it's just so low on the list of shows I would want to watch. So she was watching it and I would pop in and I'd be like, Oh my God, why was this show like this? <laughs> it came out when I was in middle school, and I remember watching like the first like four or five episodes. Yeah, at a time when I really had, you know, was not uh, super discerning and thinking it was fine, and it didn't take long for it to wear thin on me. And then the only thing I really, the only episode I really remember was that post Super Bowl one with Brad Pitt or uh, Brad Pitt with uh, Jean Claude Van Damme in it. Hmm, I don't remember that actually. It was like an hour-long post-Super Bowl Friends episode, and uh, oh. yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme was in it. I feel like I was always into the shows on the must-see TV comedy night that weren't Friends or Seinfeld. <laughs> like, like the single guy in Caroline in the City? Yeah, yeah, like weird stuff like that where I was like, I, if I liked it, it was just not going to be around for for much longer. You know, I mean... Or they I, would, yeah, they'd move it They'd move it from that time slot if they felt like it had legs, and then they'd always, like, die. right. I was I was like super duper 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 all about the Cosby show in a different world. Um, obviously, I feel a little weird about some of that now, although I will definitely I, I am actually rewatching a different world because I, I love that show so much. Mm-hmm. But like later on, when we get into the 90s and friend starts and stuff like, yeah, single guy, suddenly Susan, just shoot me. 
Uh, I know, loved uh, just, the just Naked Truth for a long time. That was pretty successful. Uh, news Radio is one of my my favorite. 90s yeah, we both love you and I both love News Radio. Um, and like you know, just all the show. Fra- I'm a, I, I I will always stand for Frasier. These people that don't like Frasier, I don't know what to say. I don't get. I don't them. know what to say to you. I don't get you. Yeah, I don't get you. Frasier was wonderful. Wings. Oh man, I liked Wings. Wings uh, was fun. Great cast. What was that show? Uh, was it? Um, uh, what was that show with John? Uh, which was his name? John. Uh, what's his name? John Lithgow. Third Rock from the Sun. No. Uh, the one about about the train station employees. Oh, uh, the John Larroquette show. The John Larroquette. Yeah, show. that show was that pretty show good. Was great. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good show, and that also had like a really, uh, really good cast. Yeah. So I was just always into the other shows, and they would get canceled. And you know. I'm sorry, man. It sounds like you had a really sad childhood. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. You know what I did not like, though, at all, at any point? What? Mad About You. It's so funny you say that. I just, before we recorded, I watched uh, the new episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh-huh. And, I always uh, love that show. There's a joke in it where this guy is kind of like, sort of, uh, there's this Latvian dude who's who's basically just hanging around trying to wait out one of the other characters, and he's like, is fine, watching mad about you on latvian uh hulu or whatever and he's just like kind of like narrating some of the events in the episode so i literally i just saw a mad about you reference like <laughs> 10 minutes ago um, i just didn't like it yeah i i never found it to be particularly funny uh no. i i think that show was definitely targeted towards like people that were like married and you know that was not really for teenagers yeah like my my parents loved that show uh 30 something Yep, that's another one. Like thirty something when that show was on the air, it might as well have been a hundred and something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for for sure. It was, I I remember liking the commish. You remember the commish? Yeah, didn't really watch it, but uh, I didn't really watch it either. But I remember if I saw it, I was like, oh, I could see why people would watch this. You know what was a like, great show in the nineteen nineties? I don't. The I love Max. that we're talking about nineties television, though. Which one? The Max. Oh, the Max was incredible masterpiece. Yeah. Like that is a truly uh, something special. I wish more. I was a huge fan it. of the comic. Yeah, the comic. I mean, obviously, it's it's a very faithful adaptation of like the first it, like <laughs> six issues or whatever. It really is, and that comic is so effing weird. Oh, like, I love it. I love it. It's it's so weird. The show's so weird because I was not into uh, like I again I didn't have cable TV, so I'd have to watch this at my friend's house and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I was not into a lot of the other like what was the head? Is that one? Yeah, the head didn't really work for me. And then there was Ion Flux, which it. was extremely popular, but I really just, didn't like Ion yeah. Flux. Yeah, I, I just have to kind of care about the characters to care about what happens. With Ion Flux was just so weird. It yeah, just, I couldn't get into that like at all. But the Max was amazing. And then I mean, MTV later makes some of my favorite uh, shows. You know, uh, of course, like my my Clone High dudes won an Oscar. I'm very very happy about that. Oh, that was on MTV. Okay. Clone High, yeah. Um, I mean, briefly. <laughs> the State was on MTV. The State is, I, in my opinion, the greatest sketch comedy show other than, like, maybe In Living Color of all time. Wait a second. What? You put In Living Color above, like, Monty Python and Kids in the oh, Hall? Um, um, well, I do put it above Kids in the Hall, but American. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Kids in the Hall isn't American either, so. Kids whatever. in the Hall is Canadian, but I do put it above Kids in the Hall. That's insane. I don't. I mean, you know how much I love the Kids in the Hall movie. Yes, uh, which I love. Yeah, um, Kids in the Hall, the show. Uh, maybe okay. Maybe maybe it's better. I don't know. They're both really if good. You, K- if if you 
are trying to sell me on the idea that the movie is good, but the show <laughs> doesn't quite land. That's the most insane thing. Well, there were just I don't know. I just let me That's put this insanity. way. I like the state. When, when I like is the last state. time you've actually watched that show? I like the state more than Kids in the Hall. That's fine. That's fine. That's okay. fine. But okay. Kids in the Hall, the TV show, is incredible. Yeah. Well, uh, I need to. Re- I, yeah, I should get back into it. I should. In my opinion, it's 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 close to Monty Python in its in its, its greatness. Like the, it's the problem really with the state else. is that you can't really watch it. Yeah, and if you do get like that DVD set, it they has none of the music. So much of the music, yeah, I know. And it's, I mean, I have like all of Northern Exposure, and they only paid for the music rights for the first season. Oh, that's too bad. It's just too much money. Yeah, and like they're like, we can't. If you want us to put out the rest of the show, like it's just not gonna happen. That's one of you the know, great uh, kind of tragedies of that era of television. And, and, and I guess it goes back those. to to the eighties and the seventies. Like WKRP. they just didn't know they needed the rights. Yeah, they didn't realize retaining that would would be valuable and so all these shows come out without any of the music and it just well and especially if you were on mtv because they were pushing you to use like contemporary stuff to use contemporary music yeah Yeah. and they're like we got it we got it no problem no problem and it's like okay you didn't got it (laughs) (laughs) but uh my friend uh in college had uh had that state uh vhs tape uh, oh yeah i remember that yeah like the state including stickers no stickers included god me and my friends were obsessed with that show sorry please continue Dude, the state was absolutely incredible it was fantastic very funny like, and it's good to see uh the so many of those people a lot of that cast has had yeah yeah like so many of them you see you see joe latrulio all the dang time yeah he's on brooklyn 99 i know yeah uh along with one of my all-time favorite actors uh andre brower yeah he's great Dude, I love because I uh, homicide life on the street was like a huge part of my life. Your life on the street, <laughs> my life on the street. I grew up on a street. I don't He's know in the show. Uh, did you ever watch Men of a Certain Age? No, I know about it, but no, oh, I never saw it. God, I love that show. It's just it him, was like Scott just, Bakula I, and uh, Ray Romano. Ray Romano, yeah. Did you watch the Ray Romano stand up that was on Netflix? Nope. It is surprisingly good. Don't care. No, no you should definitely watch it. You should definitely watch it because what he did was it's super cool. He like. Went back to um, the uh, comedy cellar, one of the clubs, like two of the clubs in New York that he had like played as a where he came on his way up. Yeah, but he didn't tell anyone he was. He didn't tell any of the the crowd. Like the crowd didn't know he was coming. Hmm. So he just showed up on two random nights and just like jumped in after someone Mm -hmm. and like filmed it. And they just lose their minds because it's like Ray Romano. But also it reminded me because like as you know, I'm a massive Doctor Katz fan. As am I. Uh, Yes, are you? And so Ray Romano was was on that show a lot. Mm-hmm. And so when when everybody loves Raymond was coming out, I was like, oh damn! They gave the dude from Doctor Katz a with show. The guy with the weird voice from Doctor Katz. Yeah, yeah I'm like so here that. for this. And then I watched half of one episode of that show and was like, it turns out everybody does not love Raymond because <laughs> I don't love him um, at wow. all. It's all been building yeah. up to this. Yeah, it's all been building up to that joke. I really, really don't like Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, I, and I can I get into some pretty terrible TV because I also had a roommate who was obsessed with King of Queens. Uh huh. And I watched. A lot of King of Queens. Interesting. Uh, and didn't figure out that it was referring to the borough for a shockingly long time. <laughs> what did you think it meant? <laughs> oh, like, yeah, what did you think it meant? I don't, I thought it was like, well, he hangs out with a lot of women and like, like it just didn't, didn't come together for me. <sighs> there was some title of something that I, time. I had kind of a similar epiphany with recently and I can't remember what it is. I'm not going to waste time trying to remember, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes like really obvious wordplay uh, is easy to miss. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's, it's probably a good time to talk about basketball because we could do what we're doing forever. Well, we have to talk about Captain Marvel. 
We do have to talk about. Let's do that. Let's. Yeah. Well, do you want to do want to bookend pop culture? Or do you want to just do all the pop culture so that my wife can stop listening after this? Yeah, yeah, Terry, we'll 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 make it easy for you. <laughs> uh. She'll li- she'll listen to the rest. She's <laughs> she maybe. <laughs> I, I, let's just talk about Captain Marvel, just because. Uh, yeah, dude, uh, let's talk about Captain Marvel. Brought it up, so we both saw it. We did not see it together. Much, you know, to, to my great sadness, we did not yeah, see it together. That's sad. That is um, sad. And obviously, we don't want to spoil it, so we're going to talk about it in uh, uh, the spoiler-free strokes. Why, why don't you go first, Eric? Why don't you Why don't you share some thoughts? Uh, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say at the outset, I think everyone should know this, but in case you don't, uh, when I'm talking about these superhero movies, I'm talking about them in the context of what they are, not comparing them to, you know, like some sort of Oscar nominate, you know. Most yeah. superheroes do It's not in are... living color, and we understand that. <laughs> <laughs> My point is that some people, sometimes I read reviews, and it's like, what are you expecting? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm coming into it eyes wide open, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, I really liked it. It's not uh, my favorite Marvel movie, and I feel like it is a little... Um, uh, there are some some problems with it, but I but I thought it was it, it it remembers what makes Marvel movies great, which is that they're funny, mm-hmm. um, and that they're funny without compromising all the way to comedy or mm-hmm. all the way. They still have serious moments. I thought that uh, I thought that Brie Larson did a great job. I thought that the story arc for her character was surprisingly compelling in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that Samuel L. Jackson just was incredibly good Mm -hmm. um i thought that some of the supporting characters and cast were a lot of fun um it's you know it's like second tier uh marvel for me i would say but like maybe the top of the second tier like i'm looking at i have a you know an ongoing rankings on letterboxd and it's like ninth right now um but uh but i really liked it and that puts it in the top 25 percent, which is crazy i yeah (laughs) well that's crazy yeah so many movies 21 movies yeah but like um it's 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 a. I thought that they 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 did an origin story again without but without making it too like they because they started kind of. Well, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but they I thought they handled the the that really well yes. for for kind of the the trouble with origin stories now with movies is that we're kind of sick of them as an audience, and they yeah. they found a way to do it in a, a a way that's compelling. It's not like oh yeah. here we go can we just get through these beats. Yeah, exactly. I thought it introduced some new ideas. I thought it set up the future of the French, you know, the universe or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, but just on its own, it was, you know, it takes place in, I don't think this is a spoiler, it takes place in 95, I think. And it was real fun to hear the music. It was real fun to see some of the jokes that you would expect for. And for the record, 95. you do see her use the internet. The internet was invented in 1968. Herb. <laughs> but I'm saying she goes to like a internet cafe. There were internet cafes in the '90s. I'm not denying that. I'm just saying that, like your right, average, flip your, out your mom was not using the internet much. In the, what's that? Sorry, please continue. Let's not let's not <laughs> rehash this. <laughs> Nor was your dad. Your parents were not like you know buying stuff on the internet in the '90s. Maybe they were. Your parents are really smart. Maybe they were, but um, and it's not about smartness either. But anyway, whatever. I'm digging my own grave. Uh, Everyone so, who uses the internet is smart. <laughs> is smart, yeah. Uh, so, you know, there were things I didn't love about it, and maybe we'll get into those second. But mm-hmm. uh, but I, I I thought it was really fun, and I had a really good time watching it, and that's really all you can want out of one of these movies. And I'm really excited for her continued participation. Like, there was a... Uh, it, I don't know if you've watched any of the trailers for anything, but I'm excited about what they promise. The, uh, and the Avengers trailer are you talking about? 
I am, yeah. yeah. I'm very, very excited to see what happens there. I'm excited for that one. I did not love the first one, as you know, but I will be rewatching it before the end of April. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I am uh, very excited to uh, to uh, watch the next one. Cool. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I would say for the most part, I, I agree with you. I, I liked it. Um, I thought it, you know... Basically, at this point, I, I kind of go because, like, I, I just, like, really enjoy the spectacle. Um, sure. I'd, I'd say there's, like, there's probably, like, five to ten of these Marvel films that, like, I really like to go back to and, and I think are are uh, enjoyable to rewatch. And I, I yeah, hold I, up on a different level. Yeah. I feel yeah. like this is probably not going to be one of those for me. Um, probably not. There, there were just a few, and maybe, maybe we, uh, uh, if we have a second after we're done recording, I'll, I'll, I'll cite it. Although I, I feel um, you, you probably already agree with me. There were just like a few like plot elements that really didn't work for me. Um, but I thought overall it was very funny. It looked really great. Uh, the action was really good. Um, and Brie Larson and uh, I, I don't know the guy's name, but there's a, another character who I don't want to really describe in great detail. That was just really phenomenal which um, guy the dude who i don't i don't i don't I, i'd have to look at a list of the actors names and even, uh, yeah. no like what uh, the guy who the, what? the leader of the scrolls oh yeah that guy was really good he was fantastic yeah he really was um who was that actor he was really funny um he was really good like yeah. shockingly good right yeah, I, I thought he was like one of the best things about the entire film, um, which isn't not to knock like uh, Brie Larson or Samuel L. Jackson because they both did, you know, they both did a good job. But I thought he was like, I don't even like, know how to say this name. <laughs> I think his name, I think it's Rune Tempte. Tempte? Hmm. He must He's be Norwegian from somewhere else. Yeah, he sure is. Yeah. He was he was quite uh, good. Um, he's the first Norwegian to be in one of these movies, which seems like a really weird stat. But, oh, man, um, they probably had a parade for him back home. Uh, <laughs> they might have. Yeah. Uh, Is that who it was? Hold on, now I'm worried about that. That's not the right guy. No, that's not even the right guy. Uh, ben Mendelsohn. I think that's correct. Yeah, he is an Australian actor. Cool. So he's still foreign. So it yeah. still counts. Um, well, the other guy was in it. I just don't know. Definitely not the first Australian to be in one of these films. Uh, no. <laughs> no, really? Uh, uh. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I thought, like, the the film as a period piece um, did a lot of the things that I don't like in period pieces, which is, like, just to... It felt like every five minutes uh, there was another, like, top 40, like, 90 song to like cue a scene i loved it and i'm you're wrong and you're bad i like those i like those kind of songs but i just like after like the third or fourth time in a movie like that i just kind of roll my eyes because it's like it's like i just know what's coming and the only surprise is like which song are they going to choose when she walks into this room and someone's listening to music Oh, it's Waterfalls by TLC. Ha, ha, ha. I remember that. You know, I didn't notice that one, and then I was like, how did I not notice that one? <laughs> uh, I, I remember specifically where they used it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I, mean, I remember a lot of them. I, I, just, I Okay, we'll agree to disagree on that one because I thought it was not overdone, and I loved it. Yeah, there was also one song in particular that they used for, like, a, a confrontation at the end of the film that I thought was just, like, way too on the nose. And maybe I'm mm. just being cynical, but I just kind of, again, I was just like, eh, didn't, didn't really work no, for me. I the only other thing I'll say is like I, it's 
the character is interesting and the way it's set up in this film is is really well done but like captain marvel is definitely like um sort of like a second to third tier marvel character in, in terms of how uh iconic she is captain marvel in the, well it's worth noting that captain marvel in the comics has also referred to like yeah it's like six three or four characters people. yeah like it's really, I mean, it's really been like a lot of people. Like the only way I knew this character when I was like seven, really seven into people. comic books was that she was the character who Rogue from the X Men got her powers from. There was, uh, that's true. Yeah, although that was actually a different character. Interestingly enough, I, that wasn't Carol Danvers. So it is Carol Danvers. This is where this gets really nerdy, you know comic let, booky. But... Let me just like let me just finish making my point. I, okay. I mean, this is like. You don't want me to comic book guy from The Simpsons this? I don't think I a single person listening to this wants to hear where that goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Probably. yeah, she's like a second to third. And I'm not I'm not trying to, like, dump on it because it's a cool character. But in terms, you know, like Captain America, Iron Man, like, those, those characters are super iconic. And it seems, like, pretty clear that Chris Evans and... Uh, Robert Downey Jr. don't want to do it anymore. And it seems like the route that Disney is going to go in going forward is rather than recast those characters, which they may do eventually, is they're trying to find new characters to be sort of the centerpieces of these universe, the universes, or the, sorry, the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, I, yeah, I just... It's not like it's not a knock on the film, but I started to get a little bummed thinking like, well, I I really like, you know, even though some of the movies aren't that great, <laughs> I really like Captain America and I really like Iron Man. And is it going to be like Captain Marvel and, you know, whoever they introduce next year are going to be like kind of like the the heart of this cinematic universe going forward? I don't know. It feels it feels like we're losing something and uh well, I'm just going to push back on that just a little bit only to say that I I mean, I'm Obviously, Captain America and and Iron Man and some of the characters they introduced are big, but I would first say that you you had never heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy until that movie came out. Um, sure, and, but and now they're very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondarily, um, with the acquisition of Fox, I think you're about to see the Fantastic Four and all of the X Men people come in. So I, I think that there will be plenty of characters that you are very familiar with who show up very soon. When I when I saw the first Avengers movie in the theater, I was extremely skeptical that it would be any good. I thought, I thought Iron Man one was great. I thought Iron Man two was pretty bad. Uh, I, Iron Man two is terrible. Yeah. I didn't watch Thor or Captain America in the theater. I thought, why are they making movies with these characters? Cause I didn't really <laughs> like them as comic book characters. I thought, yeah. Well, isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is interesting. And I know, it, <laughs> I know that sounds like it undermines my point. It, it but for sure does. Yeah, the other does thing I like the yeah. the other thing I just want to say is like I I didn't really uh, appreciate them until I saw the characterization in the films, and it yeah. was supplemented by my familiarity with those characters prior. They just I think there's a lot of other characters. characters you don't realize that you'll feel that way about, but we'll see. Can I finish? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw the Avengers in the theater uh i went with my brother it had been out for like months it had made all this money we heard it was really good we went down to the kabuki theater in the film to go see it and there was like a street festival happening that you could literally hear through the, the you know how the 
most movie theaters, they have like an exit to outside right in the theater. Like the, the wall of the theater was right up against where the street festival was happening. And mm. the quiet scenes in the movie, you could hear music and people cheering and all this crazy stuff. And it didn't matter. I was totally captivated and blown away and started crying at the end of the movie because I never thought that I would – I had loved comic books like so you much You cried during the movie? I cried because okay. I never thought – after having seen, you know, the Spider-Man films and seeing, going and, you know, in the, this uh, kind of the the last pre-MCU phase of superhero movies from, like, the X-Men stuff to Spider-Man to all, like, kind of the, the one-offs that they did to varying degrees of success. I went and saw all that stuff and enjoyed a lot of it. Even some that weren't really that good, I really enjoyed going to see in the theater. Like, that movie Daredevil is terrible. Terrible. But I went with friends to see it in the theater, and we enjoyed it. I think I watched 20 minutes of it again afterwards, and it was terrible. But It is so the, bad. The reason why I started crying in the theater when I saw The Avengers is because like, I, I never thought I would see something that came so close to, to actually vividly portraying like what I saw in my imagination when I read comic books as a kid. And it was like this sure. beautiful thing to me, you know? Yeah. I was, I was so happy, you know? And kind of that's the, that's the thing that I keep chasing when I, like, see these movies, you know? Sure. And that feeling of joy. The feeling of joy and the feeling of, again, like, kind of, like, seeing my imagination come to life, you know? And I feel bad for little kids who just get it like that. For me, it was like, you know like almost 30 years ago when I was reading this stuff, you know, I never imagined that it would be portrayed to me in, 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 in this way. Right. Um, but obviously there is an aspect of uh, diminishing returns with that. And uh, yeah, I, I guess like this, this generation of these films has, has uh, in a weird way, even though I do find the films, like after I watch them for the most part, pretty forgettable and I don't really tend to revisit them or I guess maybe, uh, I'll, I'll revisit maybe an important one before another one comes out that's relevant to it. But for the most part, you know, it's kind of like see it, enjoy it, move on, you know. Uh, but they still still mean a lot to me in a weird way. Like going to see these superhero films, you know, the the, th the especially the Marvel ones, like the three or four that come out every year. Like I go see them all and I always enjoy it. But uh, I don't know. I feel like there's... The, the kind of the finality of this upcoming Avengers film kind of makes me, uh, I, I just am wary of, of what's coming next. But hopefully you're right, you know, with the, all the Fox acquisitions, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just being. Uh, well, also, I mean, remember that uh, Marvel had a plan. I don't know exactly how much of this was planned, but Marvel supposedly had a plan. Mm -hmm. And they executed uh, 22 movies or something, which is, I mean, crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not all as good as each other obviously or there wouldn't we wouldn't be talking about this but like they did a really great job and now they claim that they're going to go in a very different direction in some ways like it's going to be a new thing and you might want to just give them a little bit of a benefit of doubt that they managed to pull this off for you once and uh maybe they'll pull it off for you again or maybe they won't and you'll look back and you'll say man that was a really nice cycle and it's done and i'm sad it's done but i i think there's going to be great stuff um after that and you know the next film after this cycle ends the first film of the next cycle i think it's the new spider-man movie Spider-Man movie. I'm not sure if that's technically in the next part or if it's like a... I, I believe they're, they're saying it's the first film of the next phase. So then, I mean, you know, you loved that last, last Spider-Man movie. I really did. I really, really so did. So we'll see. We'll see if that, that, that one can, 
you know, usher you into the to the future. All right, you've talked me off the ledge. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, I I do think they they really kind of pulled off something pretty remarkable because like it's you can see how easy it is to go wrong. Just look at all the DC stuff DC has done. Yeah, you know, for sure. Outside of the Batman films, they just can't get it right, and it's weird. They like it seems like as you know as us as fans who don't make movies, it's so easy to be like, well, like Justice League had horrible villain and was just like a cgi mess at the end and they just don't really seem all the characters just kind of come off as like rip-offs of characters from the marvel universe they're obviously like yeah. trying to people really like wonder woman people like aquaman but wonder woman tied good. together yeah um but yeah the whole point is like it's like it's a hard thing to pull off and then you look you know disney the same company that owns marvel you look at what they did with what we thought was a sure thing like star wars where and we don't have to go back down this road because we talked for a long time about Star Wars a few weeks ago. Um, but yeah. it's kind of a mess right now over there. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see. Maybe it's... Yeah. Maybe it would be good if this kind of, like, trend in cinema went away. But it seems like... I don't know. People complain that there are too many superhero movies. But it's like, I don't really want to go back. You know, it's like not... Before this, like, superhero thing being like like the tent pole of like the summer movie season it was like 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 2000s blockbuster films like are a lot of them are like pretty bad and it's like a lot of sequels and remakes like i'll take like a new you know i'll take captain america 7 over uh uh <laughs> i'm trying to think of a good example i don't know oh yeah captain america 7 i'm into it I'm saying whatever there's going to be one, but whatever like the biggest movies are that cost the most money that are intended to make the most money, like it's usually trash, and like the superhero stuff, I actually really enjoy. So like, yeah, yeah I feel no, like we've we've we're we're living in a uh, special time. Yes, yes, you're right. Um, let's quickly talk about some basketball because we don't let's have quickly a talk about some crap basketball. load of time. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there's only like three stories that I want to talk about, and we can just touch on them uh, quickly. I, first of all, I want to say like last week our basketball thing that we talked about was me uh, eulogizing the Celtics season, and then they went four and five in their next five games, including beating the Warriors by 33 points at home. Four and five. So we need to talk more about how they're going to lose. Then is what you're saying. I'm not. Yeah, we need to do that. I'm. Uh, I'm not convinced but it was very nice as a fan to see that stuff happen. Um, the Warriors also lost to the Suns at home, so uh, they're just clearly having issues. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, they they got absolutely trounced by the Clippers in that one loss, um, giving up like 140 points. So I'm not uh, – I don't think we're out of the woods, but I also feel a little foolish that that was our sole basketball focus last week. Um <laughs> Moving on, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about this, like, Utah Jazz fan issue. Oh, man. Um, yeah. There's yeah. a second fan. Do you see that? Well, the other person who got banned was someone who actually heckled, like, last year. Oh, oh they just retroactively banned him? I think it, like, came to light. I think mm. probably maybe another concerned fan was like, hey, well, maybe you should also do something about this person. Um, but, yeah, basically two people have been banned from seeing Utah Jazz games, uh, both for having uh, uh, interactions with Russell Westbrook where they completely crossed the line. Um, yeah. And ap- 
apparently the issue with their fans, you know, they can't ban everybody. <laughs> they want people to come to the games. It got bad enough that their owner, uh, who's pretty hands-off, yeah, um, came out uh, in person during a game, stood at half court and read a speech urging people to, to be decent. It's uh, yeah, Just to be a decent human being. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable. Um, you know, as as you know, uh, I, I went to Salt Lake City uh, two years ago now to, to watch some basketball, and I thought all the people there were really nice, and I didn't see uh, a single instance uh, of people being uh, bad at the basketball game. But it was also the pre-season where there were no stakes. Um, so maybe, you know, here in, in the midst of a playoff battle, people get... Uh, get carried away with their emotions but it's 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 a real bummer to see i mean i don't know what else to say about it. i don't know why i brought it up as a story because there's no real discussion <laughs> other than to say uh did you people's. see what uh donovan mitchell was saying yeah he said he he's personally hurt by it well no also that he just wants it's just sort of a side listen we i think all of our loyal rules nation fans know that you know we abhor this behavior and I'm glad they banned the people and man, you can't just can't be doing this. This is awful. And like, it's really not a good look, but everything else, but like, uh, and just, you know, like, just stop, just stop. But, um, as a side note, uh, you know, when, when KG was first approached about going to the Celtics, Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't want to go to Boston, uh, because he had heard, uh, from his community that Boston was not a good place to be KG. Sure, and uh, and it almost torpedoed. Uh, them. Are you? I feel like so. I've read like multiple books about that era of the Celtics, and I don't remember that being one of his main concerns. Oh I, yeah, no, but it was talked about a lot at the time, and athletes in general. But I by, watched so by many people like us. Like all the reporting I heard around KG's thing is he didn't want to seem like he was uh, betraying the Timberwolves because loyalty was. Really Do you believe that there have been? African-American athletes who did not want to go to Boston as free agents in the decades you had no free agents because they had heard stories like what happened to Bill Russell and what happened in other ways in Boston, one of the more known for being racially problematic cities in America. I'm sure there are people who have had that concern, but I don't I did not hear specifically about KG doing that. And I also want to say, as someone who's been to many sporting events in the city of Boston, uh, I've not really seen much stuff like that um and i hear stuff about that happening in other cities all the time and all right we have all right a great Celtics relationship this is not the point athletes, of, and this I is not the point hated when not, people talk about boston this way sorry you go do, on you, you do not have to defend boston boston has a, you're first of all you're not even from boston boston but has, i'm from i'm from massachusetts and yes and like massachusetts fandom. is not all boston yeah boston has a complicated racial relations history would it you has a complicated history so does portland so does like well, I'm, the dude, entire I'm trying country. to make a point yeah sorry please go on okay so my point is that i have heard from players and ex-players that it was a issue for free agents not wanting to go to boston specifically boston because of uh beliefs about the treatment they might have as african-american athletes okay. i will try to find examples for you if you really want me to start citing things but my point is it has repercussions to your franchise if this is an idea that people have about going there sure yeah. and so 
for in addition to these two people being the worst and Russell Westbrook uh, having to deal with that and it being awful and everything else that happened, I'm just saying on a bigger picture, it also does not help the Utah Jazz who already struggle to get free agents. Yeah, they're they're undermining. They're undermining uh, potentially their franchise the success of their team. Yes, yeah. that is my point. Cool. I like way Boston. To, I used to live in Boston. throw where I'm from under the bus to make your point. You're not even from Boston. <clears throat> and I used to, I lived in Boston. I like Boston. Uh, yeah, was so born in Boston, the... too, by the way. What's that? My dad was born in Boston. I know. I know you have affection for that area. I do. I just like. Both my grandfather was from Massachusetts. And I know I'm not from Boston. I'm from Massachusetts. But I feel like there is like, there is a vague uh uh you know i'm i am from massachusetts and i do clarify when people are like are you from boston i said well i'm actually from central mass but there is an association out here uh that i am you know that that's it's it might as well be interchangeable and i hear that kind of stuff all the time and it's just like i don't know it's uh people act like it's this like just like openly racist i mean there was just an article that was published in um who wrote it? I don't remember because I didn't even read it because I saw the headline. Um, but it was basically implying that that the Boston owners were pandering to fans that preferred white athletes by signing Gordon Hayward, and it's just like complete and utter nonsense. I'm just, I just like hate that stuff. Anyway, let's move on. I mean, I think um, that I think that you know the the bus desegregation issues in the '80s. I mean, I think there are reasons why people say this. Yeah, no, uh, and, and but why I'm does Portland, who's like racial, like whose segregation issues go like even I'm sorry, uh, which town later. are you talking about portland oregon okay yeah so i was not trying to we can listen i'm not saying uh, ugh, this is such a what about thing like i'm not saying that the fact that boston had problems mean other places don't have problems every place has problems i'm saying that actually my point was if you followed it was that boston had a history going back to the 60s and the 80s right that mm-hmm. was not necessarily what boston was like in 2008 my point was that for decades the segregation that sort of thing, stuff in, it was in the 70s with the boston bus segregation yeah 74 to 88 uh and i don't my point if you'll stop defending if you'll stop defending your turf as it were for a second i could have used portland as an example except i don't have any evidence for it i know that portland has racial problems my point is that boston had known incidences that were a long time ago, in some sense, right? Mm-hmm. 1988 is a long time ago at this point, in some sense. Not a long time in other sense. Mm-hmm. And it lingers. I'm not commenting on whether Boston was had uh, uh, the same problems in 2007 or 2008. What I'm saying is that having had those problems in the past made it supposedly harder to get players in the 2000s. And what I'm saying is I understand that the I history understand. can make it more challenging. I understand what you're saying. And I apologize for being defensive, but you're saying like, well, I'm just saying this is the reputation and I'm using it to make a point. It's like if you're wearing a red shirt, I'm like, well, you know, a lot of people think that people wear, who wear red shirts are complete idiots and blah, 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 blah. And if you got defensive, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not saying that I think that about people who wear red shirts. I'm just saying this is what people say and that's the reputation, you know. So it's hard for me not to feel like a little defensive. I mean, I, I, if I had known that you were going to feel that way. I would have qualified more, which you got mad at me earlier in the show for doing. But I would have, I would have said I'm not, I'm not commenting on whether or not Boston is a certain way or isn't a certain way. I'm purely talking about 
a perception of a place and how damaging that can be. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Well, he's not wrong, folks. He's the not worst wrong. episode of this show ever. The worst? No, it might be the best. I don't know. <laughs> Some people might enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I can already hear uh, other other people you and I both know defending Boston. <laughs> like I'm not attacking Boston, people. I like Boston. No, he's just talking about its reputation for being a horrible place filled with racists. I didn't um, create that <laughs> reputation. <laughs> like, and I don't. And I'm not saying that reputation is deserved. I'm saying that once you get that kind of reputation, it can be hard to lose it. Uh, I mean, I would imagine Portland has Portland should have that. I don't know if they if they do, but uh, they should. Um, I mean, they know. do, but it's just not as like it's just not as nationally known and known. And I guess it's a smaller city and stuff like that. But like they're they have an extremely troubling and somewhat recent uh, racial history. Um, that yeah, yeah, they don't have yeah. any kind of reputation, and a lot of places do. And I am. I totally appreciate the fact that you're speaking academically about how yeah. uh, that is the reputation. And I don't know, perhaps I should have just said, yes, that is the reputation and not defended it, even though I right. vehemently disagree with it. And I'm so sick of hearing that stuff. Well, but we could have had say? perhaps we could have had a, a conversation about the point that I was making. And I realized that it's funny for me to say that, given the yeah. way I treated you earlier in the podcast. Yeah. I'm saying perhaps in both instances, Slow we, down could for had, a second. we could have had the conversation we were trying to have and then had the other conversation. Okay. Well, uh, I think your point in, is pretty clear. And I think both of our feelings are pretty clear. Um, <laughs> so let's move on. Uh, yes, let's move on. Uh, James Dolan uh, got heckled pretty harmlessly at a Knicks game. And then he... Uh, threatened to ban a guy for life, and then he went on a radio show and kind of made it seem like the whole thing was a lot more nefarious than it was to defend the fact that he was actually banning him for life and tried to seem sympathetic, and James Dolan is, like, really awful. And, Wait, did uh, he back down from the from the, from the the life ban? No, no, he actually, I think, enforced it. And he, right, he, he, yeah. he doubled down, right? Well, I think initially he said, well, we'll see what happens. And then when he went on the radio show to talk about it, he's like, oh, this was clearly a staged attack on me. They planned it, and there's no way I can let him back into the Madison Square Garden. But, like, I've watched the video. You sent me the video, and then I watched the video. Yeah. And all the dude does is say, you should sell the team. And then all James Dolan needs to do is keep walking. And even once James Dolan says, oh, you think I should sell the team, the guy doesn't do anything, and he's just like, I hope you enjoy watching games on TV. And the guy's like, wait, what? Why? And he's like, because that's disrespectful. And he's like, I'm, it's just an opinion. And he's like, no, that's not an opinion. And it's like, that's that's definitely an opinion, my man. And uh, like, I just don't really understand at all why that – like that – like we're just talking about a dude who's been banned from life for from the Utah Jazz for literally shouting racial slurs at someone, right? Yeah. Or not racial slurs, but saying things racially and offensive thing, uh, off- offensive things to uh, a player. This guy just said to the owner that everyone doesn't like, "You should pl- sell the team." He didn't even say like sell the team, you know, because mean word stink or sell the team mean characterization. Or anything. He just said, sell the team. He might have been, sell the team. You can get $5 billion for it. I mean, you know, that wasn't what he meant, but he, he could have. Like, that's I mean, how people vague must and non-threatening shout it was. that at him all the time. There's signs in the, in the audience, like, every yeah. game. It's, like, just, what, 
It is <clears throat> it is the collective sentiment of almost a hundred percent of the Knicks fan base. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much any Knicks fan who knows who James Dolan is wants him to sell the team. Yeah, agreed. Um. So yeah, like uh, I just like really can't stand James Dolan. Like I I don't understand why he's so sensitive. Um. I, I guess. I mean, a lot of like super rich people are really lack like self-awareness i guess um, what you can't buy is thick skin yeah <laughs> it's funny there was an article about it that i was looking at earlier and they they showed this footage from a concert in 2016 where someone had a sign asking him to sell the knicks yeah um that he held up during his performance and he stopped his show and asked the guy to leave it's just like you're taking this really personally my dude like and i and maybe i would too but it doesn't help you you know what I mean? Like, you just look like such a petty dude. Like, yeah. This is just some guy who bought tickets to your team. Like, th- you look so petty. You're a, a billionaire. There's a consequence to being a terrible owner. And, you know, you're literally, like, the worst owner in sports. Um, in terms yeah, post, of, like, in terms of how your ownership Sterling. affects, like, the... Uh, yeah. I'm not saying as a human being, because there are definitely some candidates for... <laughs> there really are. ...worst. Yeah. But as far as, like, how you're personal uh relationship with the team has affected or undermined its success like james dolan is uh possibly the worst we've seen in our lifetime you know the team is is constantly a train wreck they've had like in our lifetime they've had like three successful seasons four successful seasons. i mean i don't chris cohen was pretty effing awful he's up there we'll say he's on the He's on. He's, the Mount Rushmore. He's in the, 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 <laughs> if 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 Bill Simmons had another like bad GM summit, but it was bad owners, I mean, he would obviously be there. Yeah, he's he's one of the first people you think of when you think about uh, terrible ownership, and there's a consequence to that. And he's again, he's not getting treated like players who are out there busting their butts, uh, getting all this horrible thing, all these horrible things said to them. It's it's just people saying sell the team. So yeah. guess what? You're a really bad owner, and people want you to sell the team. And if you're going to go to a game and be super high profile and sit out on the court, like you're going to hear it. You can't like insulate yourself from the genuine sentiments of the people that you're surrounding yourself with. If you don't like it, sit in the owner's box. You know? How did he? Did he uh, inherit the team? How did he get the team? I think he. I don't. I don't know for sure. I think he inherited his wealth. He definitely inherited his wealth. Yeah, his father, uh, Charles Dolan, was uh, very uh, f- famous, very wealthy. He's the son of – he's the Cablevision founder, his father. Okay, okay. Um, but I don't remember. Did his father buy the Knicks? Oh, yeah. Yeah, wait, wait, hold on. So his father – oh, he tried to buy the – his father tried to buy the Red Sox, losing out to John Henry and, and them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Man. Yeah, he Touched offered seven hundred fifty million. So, oh my God, he sold Cablevision in twenty sixteen for seventeen point seven billion dollars. His father, jeez, yeah. So they have a lot of <laughs> a little walking around money. <laughs> yeah, what, must have made a must have made a sweet pocket off of friends. <laughs> yeah, I want to understand though how what the ownership like. How did this happen? I realize this is compelling podcast radio, but uh, yeah, I wanted—I would love to know. Anyway, I would—I'll lo- look it up. Uh, 
not right now. But I, I, I wonder if uh, I think maybe he bought the team just with inherited wealth. But um, we'll, we'll we'll do a little homework and maybe we'll revisit this next week if we yeah. uh, ever talk to each other again. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna literally see you tomorrow. But yeah, okay. Uh, uh, t- to be clear, for anyone listening that's concerned that uh, <laughs> there's any lingering tension between me and Ark. Uh, we argue like this all the time. We're usually more civil on the podcast, but hey. Yeah, I feel like this, for whatever reason tonight, you all got, or uh, like, you know, a glimpse into what it's like when we're <laughs> For us to not, be friends, yeah. Yeah, we're not we're on too, the air. We're two passionate people, you know? And we yeah, are. Our friendship we're... is all the stronger for it. I agree. Um, one little last uh, story. <clears throat> and it's kind of a sad one, and people have been talking about this a lot, but I felt like we had to um, because of my personal affection for the guy. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, nine games into his Nuggets career, is out of the rotation. Um, and I didn't even realize he was back. Yeah, he, he had a couple of nice games. I think he had a couple of games where he struggled. He's obviously super rusty. He's obviously learning a system, but Denver's just at a point where they're like, hey, it's the... It's like the last stretch of the season, and we're trying to go in the playoffs strong, and we don't. Really They're a little need, too like, good. Yeah, we don't really. need a rehab case. Yeah, if he was on Atlanta, he'd probably be able to play forty minutes a game. But on Denver, it just doesn't. Uh, it doesn't work. Wow. So yeah. it stinks because yeah, he he kind of gambled on himself by taking a one year contract, thinking that he could maybe prove that he still had it, and then get a bigger contract next year. But he's going to have to go through this whole process again. Um, and you never know. Like, I think he's 32 next year. Like, oh, man. it's It remains incredibly sad. Yeah, the way it all went it, down. I don't even know how much money he's made. Like, when he was, well, when okay, he was on 30, the Celtics, $32 million. Dollars. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money, but in yeah. a league where players who have, like, sort of the all-NBA credentials that he had make that in a year... Um, it does seem like he, uh, he's just had very bad luck. I mean, he was, remember he was like second round, right? When he, he was the last pick. He was, yeah. The Mr. Irrelevant from, you know, and, and made it. So he was making under a million his first three years in the league. I mean, listen, this is a lot of money, but for (laughs) NBA standards, he, it's all, it's all relative. It's all relative, but he was basically always underpaid every year of his career. And I mean, you know, he made $2 million this year, so I don't feel that bad, but I just, I just hope he gets. I want him to have another moment, you know. I I feel like <clears throat> he's only thirty. Thirty. Okay, great. So, I I I love Isaiah Thomas. You know, a lot of people thought uh, Steve Nash's career was done when he turned thirty, and he won two MVPs. Um, yeah, I don't know that that's going to happen, but I hear well, you. I'm just saying, like he's. It seems like so old, but it's also like you do still have like a good little chunk of career left if if you know if you're lucky um i uh what was i gonna say i lost my train of thought sorry i'm sorry my friend no I, okay. feel, I feel bad that's my bad <laughs> no uh yeah just the timing of everything for him um yeah just kind of like did not work like he he peaked at the absolute worst moment for himself and then he sustained an injury and then he didn't take care of it properly and uh someone will um, give him another chance yeah, right I mean, two years, guy who i really hope so third damn near 30 points a game a couple years ago i mean you know he had like the most efficient offensive season in celtics history like 
That was, was he was so good. crazy. Yeah, and uh, and he's a very likable, marketable player. Although, I mean, obviously his his reputation isn't what it was two years ago. But uh, plus, he's I, from Tacoma. What do you think? Um, as as a final like thought exercise, yeah, and he's from Tacoma, Washington. Uh, as a final thought exercise, what do you think would be like the, the right kind of fit for him next year? Ooh, because like I feel like it was smart of him to sign with Denver, and then I think they just were a little bit too good. I think he was sort of anticipating being on a on the uh, edge playoff team who would maybe need a little bit of help and then he would be that guy to kind of re-earn his reputation and then they they ended up being too good and they just can't really they can't afford to to see how it works with him because everything's you know if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah so you have probably like two choices and i don't know which one's better uh i mean you have more than two choices but two choices that i think might be the right choice that i'm not sure which one's better the one choice is to try again to try to find a backup like second unit running point guard situation uh where again the team is probably going to be decent and need a second unit that's strong and hope that you can provide that the other option is to uh go to a a real rebuilding team um just to put up stats and rebuild your rep and get a lot of playing time and prove that you're healthy and then try to get traded uh mid-season or at or leave after the year to, to to a contender kind of thing and mm. I don't know which one of those is better, but just selfishly, I'm kind of hoping he takes the second one and goes to like, um, like who's going to need a point guard? And just scores like a million points. Yeah, just scores a million points. Yeah, just goes to the um, the Suns. Right, they do not have a point guard. Yeah, the Suns uh, could be really I mean, good for him. Yeah. I don't know that he wants to go back there. Obviously, there's some <laughs> bad blood. Well, I was going to say um, a team for him this year that would have been great would have been Cleveland. You know. Cleveland, they don't have mentor a point Colin card. Sexton kind of deal. Um, yeah, I mean, there the thing is the point <clears throat> guard situation for most teams is pretty good. Uh, yeah. Maybe the Washington Wizards, depending on where they go. Um, but like, the, I, I would like to cool if like this year he was on like Orlando or Miami or one of these yeah. teams in the East that was competing yeah. for a playoff spot because like yeah. that would have been yeah. the perfect. definitely head East. Yeah, yeah, Isaiah, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, head East. Yeah. Oh man, Dante Exum tore the patellar tendon in his right knee. Oh man, that's awful. Yeah. Um, is that that is that like a year long recovery or? Uh, that is a great question. Right now, it just says out indefinitely. Great. That's too bad. Um, yeah, he can never. He's one of those guys that just doesn't stay healthy. You know, Wade got injured as well. Oh they, really? What happened you know, to him? Bruised right hip. Well, he's kind of uh, old. And then old people bruise their hips all the time. The Bucks were the first team in NBA history to come down from down twenty at the half and win by fifteen or more. Holy smokes! Wow. Yeah. Who did the they Miami play today? Heat. Miami Heat. Oh, the Heat. Okay. So Wade got injured during that game. Uh, let's see what this says about Dante Exum. Uh, he it's only partially torn, and they're going to get an MRI. Man, a lot of a uh, lot of bummer news here at the end of the uh, at the end of the. Pod. Sorry, Jalen Brown's playing way better. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> hooray! Um, yeah, so that was uh, that was an interesting episode. <laughs> uh, I hope uh, I hope you guys didn't mind listening to us get all hot and bothered. And 
I enjoyed it, and I still love you, Arik. And yeah, uh, I enjoyed it too. I can't wait to see you tomorrow when you bring it all up again and try to explain to me how you were right, and I'm going to be like, "Nah, man, you were wrong." And then we'll just talk about that all night. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you who wonder if that's what's going to happen, yeah, yes, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely what's going to happen. That's definitely what's going to happen. And we'll be buds before, during, and after. All right, yep. uh, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>